The Kings keep rolling on the road. Are the Oilers back for good? And Patrick Kane makes his Red Wings debut. Plus, we dig into Sid and Ovi's career point standings and a full weekend of action ahead to preview all that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to Locked On NHL. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm here each and every Friday with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are available for free on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gil, how are we doing this Friday? We are doing well. We are into December already, and uh, it is an exciting time of year in the hockey world. It is. And uh, one of the things that has been most exciting this season is the LA Kings road game win streak. Uh, They just won their 11th straight and it is the NHL record for the season opening run that they are on uh, undefeated on the road to this point. Uh, Can they be stopped? Well, uh, they face the Islanders next, so uh, probably not. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, no, they, it's incredible. And the amazing thing is at home, they're thoroughly mediocre, which I know very little sense uh, when, when you break it down, but, Road Warriors, I mean, they just get another shutout beating Montreal in Montreal. And, uh, yeah, they they are absolutely red hot right now. And, you know, you look at 11 straight on the road, but at home, 5, 4, and 3. So they're 5 and 7 at home, but 11 and 0 on the road. Uh, Just, you know, why do you think that happens? I mean, some teams you think there's less pressure on the road in some ways in some respects. Yeah. Although I wouldn't think like the Kings would be a team where that could be the case. Right. Right. I think it's just unusual for them in particular, but um, you know, I certainly know covering the flyers, they're doing pretty well on the road this season uh, relatively. Um, You know, obviously they're not as good as the Kings, but still, um, I, yeah, I think it's just been a weird season for road team success overall, and the Kings are capitalizing on that. Oh boy, are they? I mean, uh, unbelievable. And I like this LA team uh, as far as they have a very good mix of younger players and veteran players, players who have been there and, you know, still a few leaders who won Stanley Cups with this team. But they are getting amazing goaltending. And I don't know if anybody expected Cam Talbot to be this good this year yeah I think that's a huge part of it and you know Cam Talbot has been around the league for a while now and he's he's always been a good goaltender but to have this kind of success uh, I think this late in his career I think has been pretty remarkable Um, he's had two shutouts this season and you know I, I think that um, it, it's really fortuitous for the Kings to be able to to rely on him. 
It is. I mean, they they don't want to overwork him before the playoffs, but you look at the numbers, a 184 goals against average and 933 save percentage. Uh, just impressive numbers. And, and I think it also reflects well on how this team is playing defense in front of him. And the amazing thing is when you look at the standings in the Pacific Division, you know, the, the Kings are tied with Vancouver for second place in points with 35. They're only four points behind Vegas, but they have four games in hand on each of those teams. Yeah, it's definitely a weird time in terms of the schedule and games in hand. So it's kind of hard to gauge the standings a little bit right now overall. But it is an important thing to note. Uh, another thing that is important to note, the Edmonton Oilers are on a five-game win streak, 7-3 and three in their last 10. Uh, are the Oilers back for good is the question we got to ask. Well, uh, I mean, back to what is the question I would follow up with that. Fair. Uh, I mean, are they an elite team right now? Uh, probably not, but are they, they, they are certainly better than their early season slump indicated the coaching change, obviously having yeah. a, a very positive effect on this team. They're back to a zero goal differential after that horrendous start. You mentioned the five game winning streak. Look, this team was too good to be where they were in October. We knew that. Uh, the question is, you know, a lot of teams go on a little bit of a hot streak after they change coaches. It lasts a week, two weeks. Is this, you know, I don't think they're going to be winning seven out of 10 for the rest of the season, but can they get back into the playoff hunt? I think they definitely can. There is just too much offensive talent on this team for them to be near the bottom of the standings. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think the playoff potential is still there. Uh, they're just going to have to keep this consistent. And, you know, you mentioned the talent. Connor McDavid is uh, in a seven-game point streak. And I think, you know, so goes Connor McDavid, so goes the Oilers in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I think they depend on him a lot to get those points. And uh, as long as he's scoring and he gets some support around him, that's going to be the part of it that's going to matter a lot, right? Is whether or not the team around him can uh, can rally and and get them to that playoff position. You need scoring depth. You can't just rely yeah. on your your McDavid's and your Drysidles and and everyone else is a passenger. So they've got to get. I mean, the other players on the roster are not going to match those two for productivity but they've got to get consistent performances from the rest of this roster in order to win consistently. Yeah. Well, another name uh, that is talked about when it comes to scoring is Patrick Kane, who made his debut for the Detroit Red Wings in what turned out to be a pretty horrific loss to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Sharks came back from four goals down to win that one in overtime. Uh, Patrick Kane did not get on the scoreboard for this one. And uh, man, like that's gotta be rough to make your season debut and you think you're going to win this one. And then uh, things do not go your way. And look, that is definitely devastating. This is the second time this week that the Sharks on this road trip have yep. overcome large deficits. I mean, earlier this week, they did it to the Islanders. Islanders were up four to one 
midway through the third period and lost in overtime five to four. So, you know, the Sharks are quietly five, four and one in their last 10. And while that is, you know, just a little bit above NHL 500, when you think that they were oh nine and one in their first 10, uh, right. certainly San Jose is finding some kind of improvement and, and getting more consistent at it in recent games. Yeah. And, th- and that's why, honestly, I wasn't really talking up that Sharks losing streak that much at the beginning of the season because you knew they were going to win eventually. They did. And then things have sort of leveled out. We also did not have high expectations for this team. So they weren't going to go like 0 for 82, right? No. <laughs> they were going to find ways to win some games and they've managed to do so in exciting fashion twice this week, to your point. Um, and they're going to win more games. And and I certainly hope for Sharks fans, they can make this the rest of this season a lot of fun um, and that the Red Wings can recover from this well, loss. Yeah, that was my big question. I mean, emotionally, yeah. and Detroit is a fairly young team. How does Detroit handle that? I mean, th- there's a lot of ways a team can react. How do you think the Red Wings handle it? Well, I think that's a really interesting question, which we will talk about in our third segment when we preview the weekend ahead. I do want to touch a little bit on the Islanders here uh, that you mentioned as as part of the Sharks exciting week. Uh, just a little trend with the Islanders. They have four or more goals in their last five games, win or lose. And, you know, the last time they didn't, score four or more goals they were shut out by the flyers one to nothing i need to mention that just because i have to but um the the trend with the islanders has been low scoring battles for so long now and it seems like you know they're in these high scoring games now like what's the difference here well lane lambert took over for barry trotz and he has tried to get this team to play a more offensive minded system and I don't think necessarily that that's wise based on the personnel he has. And we see it, you know, the Islanders, they are scoring more, but they're still 22nd in the league in goals scored. Last year, they were a top 10 defensive team playing a more conservative system for much of the year. And this year they're 18th in the league in goals against. So yeah, they're getting a little bit more scoring, but they're also giving up. Far too many shots. Uh, both Ilya Sorokin and Semyon Varlamov have very good save percentage, but their percentages, but they're facing 35 to 40 or more shots a night on too Yikes. many nights. So it's an interesting trade-off. I don't think it fits the personnel that the Islanders have, but that's what Lane Lambert is trying to do. The defensemen are pinching more. They're getting more involved in rushes and and sort of being the late man in, uh, but there is a price to pay for that kind of a system. Yeah, certainly. But it, it's a very interesting trend to keep an eye on on the Islanders uh, over the next couple of months and, and see what happens there. In, in the meantime, uh, Alex Ovechkin hit the 1500 point mark and uh we want to take a look at him and Sidney Crosby as you always have to do in terms of how they're fitting into the top points race uh in NHL history we will do that coming up next 
passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. They've got over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Gil, uh, we were looking at Alex Ovechkin's accomplishment of 1,500 points before we started recording today. And uh, I nonchalantly said, so what? And then... (laughs) And then you said, come on now, that's a big deal. And I have to reluctantly take back my so what and say, yes, indeed, it is a big deal. And I think the the reason why I said so what was that all of the focus has been on Alex Ovechkin and the goals record, right? And whether or not he was going to get there. And the points part of it, I think, was just a side note in all of this narrative and this conversation. So when you kind of zoom back out at it and you say, okay, Alex Ovechkin with 1500 points is the 16th most points of anyone in the history of the NHL. That is not too shabby. And so I should not have been dismissive like that. Right. Like in terms of the points race, like where do you put this into the context of NHL history? I mean, look, Alexander Ovechkin is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is uh, one of he is one of the greatest players of the 21st century, if not the greatest uh, so far in in the NHL. This is quite an accomplishment, and you have to give Alexander Ovechkin credit for that. And you know, he's not done. He's on the heels of Wayne Gretzky for the all time goals list. So. I mean, the hits just keep on coming for Ovi and the Capitals, you know, to the surprise of a lot of people. uh, You know, Washington is in the thick of this playoff race, even though they weren't necessarily expected to do. Now, they're on a little three-game losing streak, so that doesn't help. But, you know, they're, they're exactly three points out of second place right now in the Metropolitan Division. Yeah, and and so I think there's a lot to play for here for him, not just for his individual accolades. There there is a a strong team uh, effort here going on in Washington. And, of course, like when you talk about Alex Ovechkin, you have to talk about Sidney Crosby. They are forever joined in the hockey conversation here. And Crosby is the only other active player above 1500 points right now he's got 29 more points than Alex Ovechkin and we're kind of looking at the overall career points list and and trying to figure out if either of these two will crack the top 10 when all is said and done and right now you know it looks like Crosby has the possibility of getting up to maybe the 12th spot this year 
but neither of them will crack the top 10. You know, you're looking at Phil Esposito with 1,590 points. I think that's unlikely. Ray Bork is in 11th with 1,579. And, you know, I'm not sure that's possible for either one of them, but I do think it's possible, at least for Crosby, to pass Joe Thornton here at 1,539. Yeah, uh, that that is a, a real possibility. And, you know, o- Ovi could get there if he gets really hot down, you know, the rest of the season. It's certainly not outside the realm of possibility. But, I mean, listen to the names you're, you're putting these I know. in with. Uh, I mean, all of these players are either in the Hall of Fame or going to be in the Hall of Fame. You're talking about some all-time greats. And not just guys who were great for – a year or five years. You're talking about a decade plus of excellence by all of these players. And, and that has to include, you know, Crosby uh, and Ovechkin. So this is rarefied air. And I, I got to give a lot of credit to both of those guys. I mean, I, it, it seems like yesterday that, you know, Crosby was this young kid who, you know, the, the hot shot generational talent guy, he has lived up to that pressure and more he's been a captain a stanley cup champion uh the fact that he will probably end up in the top 10 all time in scoring if he stays healthy and plays a few more years is uh very impressive and you know with ovechkin chasing gretzky very i mean where do you go from there you know i mean it's uh it's it's just very impressive and those two as you said forever linked in hockey lore and rightfully so. Right. And, and with Sid, you know, I think in the back of my mind, I keep wondering, is he going to match up with Mario Lemieux in the end? Cause I think for him, that's kind of the benchmark is can he tie or beat Mario Lemieux, Mario Lemieux's point total because of the penguins connection there and both players, you know, only playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins for the entirety of their careers. Of course, Mario Lemieux, uh, much, much fewer games to get there, yeah. like in terms of the the points per game, like the comparison cannot even be made, to be fair to Mario Lemieux there. But, no, and it, you talk about Mario Lemieux, <laughs> if he would have stayed healthy, uh, yeah. where would he have ended up? I mean, I think he would have been in Gretzky territory uh, if not passing him, if he played an equal number of games as Gretzky did. Absolutely. But um, you have to think there's like, you know, in the pyramid of Pittsburgh Penguins history, like, is there room for two people at the top there? Well, if you do a Mount Rushmore, you have room for four. So uh, <laughs> that's fair. You know, but but that's taking up two of the four easy. I mean, that, that no de- debate, no, no question. And I guess you throw Yager in there, and that's three. Uh, who would your fourth Penguin be if we're doing a Mount Rushmore? Oh, God. That's a <laughs> tough one. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because, like, you look at Mark Recchi, and he played for so many different teams, you know, Pittsburgh being one of them. Paul Coffey, same situation. So, I don't Brasso. know, man. Who? Tom Brasso? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you have to put a goaltender in there. You got to have a goalie on your Mount Rushmore, I guess. Is that the rule? You would think there'd be one, right? You know, I mean. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think that it's just as the their careers um, get closer and closer to the end, you know, you have to start having all of these conversations. And, um, you know, the, like we said, they'll be forever compared between the two of them. And I'm just wondering because, you know, obviously you look at their their point totals between the two of them. Alex Ovechkin has significantly more goals than Sidney Crosby does and it's vice versa for assists. And, you know, that shows like how different they are because Crosby has been not only a scorer, but a playmaker as well. Whereas Alex Ovechkin, sure, he has a ton of assists over the course of his career, but he's certainly more of a goal scorer and he's the one that wants to be set up and he stands there in his office at the dot. Right. So it's just a completely different way of getting there to these 1500 points. It is. And and look, that's style of, uh, versus substance because you get to 1,500 points no matter how you do it, legally, of course. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's an outstanding accomplishment. I mean, I think if I'm comparing the two, I think Crosby is a little bit more of, a, of an all-around player. Uh, and, and certainly he has more championships to his name than Ovechkin. But, you know, I take either one of those guys in a heartbeat if I'm starting a team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that is for sure. Well, in the meantime, we've got a bunch of games ahead this weekend to talk about, a lot of them with some exciting implications, and we will do that coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my loved ones or my kids got sick while a just supply chain issue kept them away from life-saving medication that they needed. Well, thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, mm -hmm. skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today, so go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's jasemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your order. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering all the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league, including this one. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. Yeah, we've got a jam-packed weekend of NHL action ahead. Uh, unusual eight-game day on Sunday this weekend. Uh, only three games tonight. I think for me, the game you got to look at is the Wild versus the Oilers. This is the battle of the teams with the fired coaches yes. here. 
um, you know, we talked about the Oilers up front in the show. The Wild had won four games in a row up until last night's loss to the Canucks. Yeah, I mean, again, that you always, not always, but you often get that little jolt when your team makes a coaching change. Uh, players want to impress the new coach. They want to prove that they deserve more ice time and a better role. And, uh, you know, team, teams tend to rally because they realize, hey, if the coach got fired, then any of us, if we don't turn it around, could be next. But then things often settle back toward the mean. And, and you know, both of these teams have certainly gotten a jolt after making coaching changes. And both of these teams are too talented to be as bad as they were earlier in the season. So interesting to see which one of these teams with new coaches and recent hot streaks keeps that hot streak going. Absolutely. And then uh, Saturday, we've got 12 games. I think, you know, the afternoon of the most interesting game is Vegas against Dallas. Uh, you know, you look at points percentage, they're fourth and fifth in the league overall. They could be competing in the playoffs later this year in a, in a conference championship, perhaps. So I, I think that it's, it's a real like indicator kind of game. Yeah, and a very good game as well. I mean, the Dallas Stars at home for this one, I think that gives them a slight advantage. And I mean, th this is just a game between two really elite teams in the Western Conference. So uh, this this is a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And then we talked about the Red Wings earlier in the show. Can they recover against the Ottawa Senators? Yeah, going to be tough. Uh, they are at home, so that gives them an advantage. And and Ottawa has been very inconsistent over the course of the season. So uh, I think the opportunity is there. But again, how emotionally does this Red Wings team handle blowing such a big lead as they did last night? Yeah, and then uh, in the evening, we've got two games that I'm focused on. Uh, we've got the Rangers at the Caps. Like, is this Caps team, like, as high level as they have been uh, to some degree? And then the Rangers, like, have just been a juggernaut this year, a good Metro division battle. And then we get to see if the Kings can continue their road winning streak against your New York Islanders. Yeah, it won't be easy for the Islanders. Uh, always a challenge. And and the Kings just playing so well. Uh, you know, the, the, the hope, if you're an Islander fan, may be that uh, you don't see Cam Talbot in goal on Saturday night. Uh, he's been starting roughly two-thirds of the games. But uh, also, if you do see Cam Talbot, Ilya Sorokin and Cam Talbot is a very good goalie matchup. Yeah, that actually sounds like a fun goalie battle to watch uh, the late game I'm looking at is Carolina at Vancouver. Uh, I think that they're teams that have had uh, some success this season, but Carolina, you know, a little bit of a struggle there. I I'm intrigued to see how these two teams match up. Yeah. Should be interesting. Uh, it's on the West coast. So Vancouver is at home. And look, the Canucks have cooled off a little bit, but they are still yeah. uh, better than anybody expected them to be. And I think they'll be in the hunt the whole season long. I think so, too. And like I said, we've got a, a pretty packed schedule on Sunday. What's the game that stands out to you the most that day? Oh, wow. There, there are a few. I mean, 
you know, we've talked about Edmonton and how far they've come. Edmonton, New Jersey, I have to look at. Uh, uh, definitely a challenge. And here's two teams that I think have sort of disappointed a little bit as compared to what expectations were. So I think that's a, an interesting matchup. But then the Kings and the Rangers has got to be one of yeah. the games of the of the day. I think so, too. Uh, absolutely there. And honestly, I think I'm going to watch that Preds-Habs game. Yeah. Just because I think the, the Preds have exceeded expectations to some degree. And so have has Montreal. I mean, the Preds have the better record at this point. But Montreal has had some surprising wins this season. And I'm wondering if, you know, ha- like, how does that come together here in this game? Yeah, no, it should be good. It's in Montreal. And, you know, just when every time you think that the Habs are going to regress to where they were a year or two ago, they find ways to win hockey games. So they're not going away so easily. Here we are, uh, you know, 26 games into the season, and they're still hovering right around NHL 500. Yeah, absolutely. That should be a fun one as well. Uh, That will do it for today's show. Of course, Gil, you'll be back on Monday with hosts from around the Locked On NHL Network uh, talking about all the big stories from around the league. Have a great weekend, everybody.